We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Just do it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Seven, seven, three, three, seven, sixty-six, sixty-six is the number to call. We started the show talking about the Knicks and the embarrassment that they are. Talk some hot stove Mets, Yankees, did a little NFL Week Ten preview coming up. We even looked ahead to Week Eleven with the Jets. We've taken two calls in the first hour. Whatever is on your mind on this Thursday morning here. And, you know, we didn't get into certain things with the Hall of Fame committee this week that came out. Why fantasy sucks? Actually, fantasy's been pretty good to me. Um, You know, we could get into a lot of that stuff or whatever throughout the course of the show if we need, if need be. But let's play the hits here. And that's obviously get the win over the Knicks. And they choose to hire Jacques Vaughn as opposed to Ime Udoka. Knicks embarrassed themselves yet again, getting smoked in a non-competitive game. And like we said, free agency is going to be a fascinating thing here for both the Mets and the Yankees, where the Yankees now seem to be a scared team that's on the verge of losing their superstar. And that will not go over well with the fans. Mets holding out hope still to be able to bring back Jacob deGrom. Seems to be some interest in deGrom and returning, but nothing is progressing here. We'll find out today at 5 when things start to pick up where players can actually meet and talk to other teams. Steve is calling from Lindbrook. What's up, Steve? A uh, big fan of your show. I uh, work overnight, so I uh, appreciate the uh, passion and all the great uh, content you put out. Thank you, Steve. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Um, so I want to talk uh, Mets and Jets, if you let me. Um, Mets off season. I think that like the biggest thing for me would be to try to get some power bats in here and try to shore up the bullpen uh, because you know, like this past season, I think our issues were not having enough game breakers on the offense and also. The bridge to Diaz was a problem. So I just want to first know your thoughts about that. Well, I mean, I, I think the the bridge to Diaz was a problem in theory. I don't know if it turned out to be a problem in reality. Now, did I trust any of those guys that were coming out of the bullpen? Even Adovino, I did not. And, and, you know, they make the move at the trade deadline for Givens, and he wasn't good until the very end, and then he got COVID, so then he couldn't be used uh, enough down the stretch there. But... They didn't have guys that I trusted, but they did have guys that ended up getting the job done. And the way Buck managed it, even in certain spots with Diaz coming in in the seventh or eighth inning and then having other guys close it out, it worked. Now, would I like to see a better bullpen? Sure, but I would think that that's going to be the last 
thing that they're going to put together, and they're going to go cheap in that regard. I think they need, to your point, a game-wrecking bat more so than anything else. That's what I'd yeah, like to I see mean, them get. I think like a Trey Turner or Jock Peterson, those kind of guys, I think would help. And uh, like like I was saying, uh, you know, with the bridge to Diaz, maybe it didn't turn out important. <clears throat> but even like you see these games, like Zach Wheeler throws one hit, still comes out after the seventh inning. Uh, you know, the Astros' uh, name's uh, off my mind right now, but he's throwing a no-hitter through six innings. Yeah, Vasquez. So regardless if the starter dominates, you know, like Scherzer, uh-huh. Brown, even, yeah. they don't go more than six innings. So I think the bullpen's like, I think that's a really important, uh, you know, piece to build. In well, the you're right about the way, and by the way, I said Vasquez, it's Javier, Christian Javier. Um, yeah. The way the bullpen is used, and specifically in the postseason, yeah, I can understand why you're saying that. Now, ideally, and we didn't get a chance to see this with the Mets because they get bounced so early. Ideally, in the playoffs, you would want to take some of your back-end starters and use them out of the bullpen, you know, the way the Nationals did to perfection in 2019. So that could be a possibility as well for the Mets. It just did not work out. Obviously, they didn't have any depth in the postseason. They only played the three games and lost in three games to the Padres. But it was never really – and remember, too, even the Braves games, the Mets never had a chance to hand it over to Edwin Diaz or anybody else that could blow it before Diaz could get the ball against the Braves. They were out of the, they were down on those games before that. So it, it didn't remind me uh, that it, weekend in Atlanta was a disaster. Yeah, it's the worst. It's unbelievable yeah. how uh, you know a hundred win season just went up in flames in one weekend where all they had to do was win a game and they would have won the division, which would have changed everything. I mean. You can, I believe, you can legitimately make a case. Now, they didn't, so it's not sour grapes. The reality is the Mets weren't good enough. But if they did win that division, there was a clear path to the World Series for them. The same way that the Phillies did it, the Mets could have done it. They just had to win the division. They didn't get past the Padres, but if they won the division, they wouldn't have had to. They would have had the bye, and they could have been sitting there in a nice spot in a five-game series, a best-of-five, that they would have had home field advantage for. So, look, yeah. Hopefully they'll learn from that, I would say. And then if you just let me make one quick Jets point, I know you got some other callers. Um, so, like, going into the season with the Jets, like, you know, like most Jets fans, I'm like, you know, we need to at least develop this quarterback and see progress. And then, like, you know, in that preseason game, we think Zach Wilson might have a serious knee injury. We're like, oh, my God, the season's over already. And then, you know, coming from that and then, you know, the, the miracle in Cleveland, just really amazing to see the progress of this team. So, like, I was down on this team at the beginning of the season, but, I mean, from offensive line, defensive line, we're getting to the quarterback. I mean, the secondary is probably the best in the league. It's really amazing to see how far they've come this quickly. So, I think, you know, obviously you can't expect anything crazy like a Super Bowl this year, but, you know, why can't this team make a run? I don't see why not. It's there's so much parity in the league, so... Just want to see where you think the Jets can go for the rest of the year. I think you, I think you nailed it when you say why not. Now initially it sounds nuts, right, to say oh well the Jets Super Bowl or whatever Jets playoffs. But realistically, if you've watched them play through nine weeks, they are six and three. That's number one. Number two, they have the foundation to beat a quality team, as you saw with Buffalo, because of their defense. They're not going to have a shootout with Buffalo and beat them. But because of their defense, if they could beat a team like the Bills, they could beat anybody. Now, I'm not saying they will. It doesn't mean that they will, but they could. So why not the Jets? Or why not Super Bowl? And the other point is, 
the parody. Did anybody think, Steve, and I know that people brought this up last year saying, oh, maybe next year the Jets mm-hmm. could do this. Did anybody think last year the Bengals were going to go to the Super Bowl? No. I mean, I mean that, you know, actually the Bengals, I think, did it more the traditional way. Like, they got great quarterback play, and, you know, Jamar Chase came up as, mm-hmm. as, as an absolute stud. But, you know, I think this Jets team could be like a better version of the Rex Ryan's teams. Like, those Rex Ryan's teams would run the ball down your throat. And they play, you know, good enough defense to win. You know, I honestly think this defense might even be better than those teams. And and uh, you know, it was, it was really. Yeah, I think it's. Gonna be I don't know goal. if I'd go there yet. I know what you're saying. Now maybe it's there. That defense, 2009-2010 Rex Ryan defense, that was without a doubt top defense in the league. This, while it might be, I'm still not a hundred percent sold. Now I like the defense. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're not a good defensive team. But I'm I'm not sold yet that it can carry them as far as the 9 2010 Jets defense the, carry them. The only, thing, the only thing I would say about the defense this year compared to you know obviously we had Revis and Cromartie mm-hmm. who were fantastic. I think I think this year's team, in my opinion, I mean I could be wrong, but I think they have a better ability to get to the quarterback and to like break the game that way. I, I think this defensive line. Well, Quentin Williams is a, is a stud, and you know I, I like I think it all to me. Steve starts with the cornerbacks. Now, look, the Jets. There's, it's they played nine games. I mean, there's plenty of time to go to where they can establish themselves as the premier defense in the league and really put some scare into people. But look around the league. Look at the parity around the league. To your point, I think the AFC is a little bit stronger than the NFC. I don't think anybody would disagree there. But tell me who definitively is significantly better than the Jets that they can't beat? I mean, I, th- I think before this weekend you'd probably say Buffalo, but now I think maybe they expose them a little bit. I still think well, they beat them. I mean, they beat them. So you're right. So you would say initially you'd be like, well, they can't beat Buffalo, and that's what everybody was saying going into that game. Then they did but, beat Buffalo. So if they could beat I, Buffalo, they could beat anybody, no? I would say so. I think, you know, obviously Buffalo, Kansas City, probably the two best teams. Um, you'd have to find a way to stop Patrick Mahomes. But, I mean, I think this defense, while they can't maybe completely stop everybody, they could definitely hold them, um, you know, close enough to have a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, look, I'm not saying, and thank you for the call, Steve, and thank you for the kind words. I appreciate checking in. I'm not saying the Jets are going to win multiple playoff games. I'm not saying the Jets are going to go to the Super Bowl. What I'm saying is they have as good a chance as anybody. They do it differently with playing defense. And the offense is not caught up to where the defense is, nor is the offense at the level of the Bills, Chiefs, Dolphins. They're not there yet. Now, if Brees Hall were there, that could be a difference in their favor, a difference maker in their favor. But he's not. He's out for the year. But look around those teams. Chargers, yeah, the Chargers, are, they're not bad. They they don't they don't scare me. Titans, eh, they don't scare me. They're not bad, but they don't scare me. Bengals, Ravens, same. They can be beaten. Chiefs, Bills were the two premier teams, and the Jets just beat one of them. And it wasn't like the Bills didn't care to win the game. Now in the postseason, different story. You don't win the division. That game's going to be on the road. And the Jets team is you know they're too young with Salah. And LaFleur and Wilson, they're too young 
to make a, I, I mean, at least I feel like it. They're too young to make a legit run to the Super Bowl. Anything's possible. And I guess if you get the Bengals coach, who I don't think is very good last year taking on the Super Bowl, anything's possible. But the parity in the league is key, and the defense is key. Look, I mean, I think Miami could go to the Super Bowl. I think you can make a legitimate case for Tua Tagovailoa being the MVP. They do it differently. Their defense is not that good, Miami. But their offense is one of the top offenses in the league. You can make a case for a lot of teams. I'll have to see how it plays out, but I would be excited too if I were you and being a Jet fan. Steve is calling from Patchogue. What's up, Steve? I'm going to have to switch it up after what we were just talking about with the Jets. Yeah, whatever you want to talk about. I mean, comparing them to the Bengals of last year, they have, I mean, if they have half the talent that the Bengals had last year, they're lucky. Well, they're different. They're different. I mean, they're built differently. Their quarterback is just don't make mistakes. He's not winning any games. Joe Burrow's winning games for the Bengals. Well, last year they did. The point was not to compare the two teams as far as quarterback play or offense. It was to say that nobody thought the Bengals last year would come out of nowhere and go to the Super Bowl. That was the point. No, no, this is true. But, I mean, the Jets, they're, they're just not there. Not even close. Well, you would have said the same thing about the Bengals last year. Uh, I mean, I guess at this point, yeah. All right, so that's that. But that's my point. How can you say the Jets aren't even close? Who do you think's the best team in the NFL? Well, they aren't close because the talent level. I mean, there's just no way you're going to say Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. The Jets don't have anyone who even sniffed either of their jobs. Well, that that's not true. First of all, it isn't. No, it's not. It's it's not that a that's not true. B it's irrelevant. What does that have to do with anything? So now well, a team. So now now if you have a great quarterback and a great receiver, that's all that puts you on the map. That's all you need. No, I'm just saying that's a big that's a big part of it. No, it's that's not a big part of having a chance of winning a Super Bowl. Who do you who do you think's the best team in the NFL right now? Probably the Buffalo Bills. And. And what? You, you know? The oh yeah, thank you. You know what I was gonna. I, I mean, you you already knew what I was gonna say. On the fact that the Jets do not beat them in Buffalo, and right. nor does any other team beat, beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Uh, well, I don't care. They didn't. They didn't play them in Buffalo yet. They played them in New York and they beat them. No, so. they didn't. And I can't can't wait for them too. I'll call back when that happens. Oh, I mean, uh, that's great. I'm, I'm happy for you, but here's the reality. You're trying to dismiss what the Jets have done. Their record is 6-3. and three. They have a very good defense. They just beat the team that nobody in the world, aside from me, thought that they could beat, and, and everybody thinks that they're the best team in the league going to the Super Bowl and all that. They just beat them. So then why can you sit here and say definitively, well, they're not going to be any good? Well, they're not going to do any damage? They're not going to, I mean, we're talking about them going to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that they're going to. What I said was, Steve, that they are similar in the regard that the Bengals. Did you think the Bengals last they're year? They're similar to the Bengals. They're not similar to the Bengals. So you thought the Bengals were going to the Super Bowl last year? Who were the weapons? You thought, who, who, the Jets? Yeah. Oh, Garrett Wilson is one of them. Okay. Oh. Yeah, the the other one got hurt for the year, but anyway, you, you're missing you're missing the point. Did you, Steve, last year? Did you think the Bengals were going to the Super Bowl? Did you think the Bengals were better than the Chiefs, better than the Titans, better no, than the Bills? No way. No way. Oh, that's the point. Then that's the point. So we agree. 
no, we don't agree. Because even if I even if I didn't think they were going to go to the Super Bowl, I knew they had way better a way better team than the Jets do right now. A week ago, Jets fans were burying this team. Literally a week ago, after they lost to the Patriots, this team they would have dismantled this team. Who would have, who would have dismantled this team? Bills and they could win a Super Bowl. No, you're, you, Steve. You have a problem hearing. Oh, I'm confused. Is your phone breaking up? Or you have a problem hearing? No, I can hear you perfectly. Okay, let's try this again. Who's the best team in your opinion in the NFL right now? The Buffalo Bills. Who beat them last week? I don't care that they they get lost. Good God. If the if you're saying with your own mouth that the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the NFL, and I'm telling you, and you saw it, the Jets just beat them last week, then why would you say that it is impossible that the Jets could go on a run the way that the Bengals did a year ago? Nobody thought the Bengals would go to the Super Bowl a year ago. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, or not, doesn't matter. It's, they're built differently. Matter of fact, I would say that having a better defense is more likely to go further than having a good quarterback like everybody else. Who's the better quarterback-wide receiver combination last year, Steve? Joe Burrow and Chase or Mahomes and Hill? Which one went to the Super Bowl? I mean, come on. Oh no, the Jets and the Jets. They're six and three. Now look, nobody is predicting the Jets are going to the Super Bowl. All that I'm saying is in a league with great parity, in a league that saw the crappy Cincinnati Bengals go to the Super Bowl last year. Out of nowhere. Anything's possible. I guarantee you, Steve, if you called me last week. On Friday, when I said the Jets were going to beat the Bills, you would have said, oh, they're not going to beat the Bills. They're the Jets. They got no weapons. They got no weapons. They can't beat the Bills. And what happened? They beat the Bills. Have an open mind to it, will you? Anything's possible. Haven't you learned that in sports? Obviously, it's not likely. Obviously. Obviously. Nobody's coming on here and saying the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Nobody is saying that. Matter of fact, I've said the opposite. There's no way they're going to do They can't do that. They have no weapons. Well, geez, for a team with no weapons... For a team with a quarterback or a wide receiver that couldn't sniff the jock of Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase, in your words, probably not sniff the jock of Josh Allen or Stephon Diggs either. For a team that's so far from that, they did a pretty good job beating the team that most people think is the best team in the NFL. I wonder how the hell that happened. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today.
back on the van, 877-337-6666. God. I mean, I just don't get it. Nobody is saying the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl. But they could. (laughs) I mean, look at the league right now. Look at the entire NFL. And by the way, I I love the people who are like, oh, no, they have no chance to win. Yet they just were an 11-point underdog and won outright. The Bengals last year, that's the example, by the way, that we're using from last year. Not saying that the Jets are on the Bengals level with the quarterback play and the offense. Saying that last year, nobody, even in the postseason, the Bengals were a 10-7 and team. Nobody thought the Bengals were going through the gauntlet of the AFC to get to the Super Bowl. Matter of fact, I guarantee that there were people that picking the Bengals to lose the first game against the Raiders in the postseason. They beat the Raiders. They go on to beat the Titans. Nobody had them winning that game. I mean, when I say nobody, I mean the majority of people. I know there were some people at it. And then they go on and beat the Chiefs in overtime. Nobody would have predicted that. So the point is, in today's NFL, there is great parity And as long as you get in, now look, the Jets might not even make the playoffs. That's not a given either. But they did just beat the team that many people believe is the best team in the NFL. And the league is filled with parity. So if I look at the Bills and say, okay, well, the Bills are the best. Well, the Jets just beat them. So, I mean, that's a good start. Miami, very good. Now, I know the Jets beat them under different circumstances, but still they beat them and they walloped them. Without Tua, but they walloped him. And I'd like to see what's going to happen with Tua that final week of the year, assuming that he's healthy and you know that game means something. Obviously, the Jets have had issues with New England. That's why this week is going to be, or next week, is going to be a huge test to see what they could do in New England against a team that has owned them. If they want to be taken seriously, that's a game you got to win. You also have to make the Bills win stick. You can't. The Bills win sandwiched between two New England losses means nothing. But tell me definitively who is better than the Jets right now. Baltimore? Cincy? Tennessee? The Chargers? I mean, you're going to give me the same two teams. Kansas City and Buffalo. One of whom the Jets already beat. So I'm just not sure where you're saying that, oh, the Jets can't get there. They stunk. The Jets stunk. No, it's, it's different right now anyway. Things can change week from re- week to week, as you know. But they've played, the Jets have played nine games. Four of them without their rookie, without their starting quarterback. Not rookie, without their starting quarterback. And there's still a team that's on the climb. This is only year two of this regime. And to further the point one more time before we get back to the calls, 877-337-6666, what's the biggest difference between the Jets and the other teams? Their defense. That's a huge difference. If it were just about, hey, you know what, their offense is pretty good, well, you could say, well, yeah, but it's not as good as the Bengals, certainly not as good as the Chiefs or the Bills. Yeah, but that, or the Dolphins. Yeah, but that's not how they're built. They're built right now 
with their defense leading the way. And their defense is better than the other teams that we just mentioned. That's the difference. That's why they have a chance. The Jets weren't the best team in 2009 either. But they got to the AFC Championship game. They weren't the best team in 2010 either. But again, they got to the AFC Championship game. Thought they were going to beat the Patriots or you thought they were going to beat the Colts or even the Chargers? I didn't. Jeff is calling from Queens this morning. Jeff, what's on your mind? What's going on, Sal? I feel like you're a little too hard on the Knicks right now. We haven't been uh, past 10 games. I mean, what are we, 6-5, and five, uh, five and 6 right now? Right, so that we is past 10 games. What are the season yet? That is past 10 games, and, 11. Yeah, yeah, quarter. The, not even a quarter of the season. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the same stuff that you're saying about the Jets, I feel like you should be saying about the Knicks. Because I feel like the Knicks, we're not going to freaking, I feel like we're not going to make the finals. But at least if we can get to the playoffs, we're going to make something. We don't have anybody. We don't have uh, Jordan. We don't have a freaking LeBron or anybody like that. But at least if we can get into something, into the playoffs, and then get your fan base supporting them. Jeff, here's the problem. Here's the problem with uh, the Knicks. Here's the problem with the Knicks. Ready? You ready for me? I sure shall. Okay, listen. I got it, I think. Okay. You can't curse. You can't curse on the air. What do you think this is here? It's a professional radio show. You can't come on the air and start cursing. I don't know what's worse, you dropping an F-bomb on me or you saying the Knicks are good. I mean, my God, what is happening here? The big difference with the Jets and the Knicks is that the Jets are 6-3. and three And they play defense. The Knicks are an embarrassment and have sucked for 20 years. And you think I'm being too harsh on the Knicks? Did you watch the game last night? That was painful to sit through. I was actually excited for that game. Oh, here we go. I have a game to react to tonight. Little Knicks-Nets. A mild rivalry at best. And Knicks get run out of the gym from the get-go, and they never fight back. Jalen Brunson himself said the effort tonight is unacceptable. We can't have that. I'm paraphrasing. Don't quote me. But he was basically questioning their team's effort. Good for him. Don't have Jordan. Don't have LeBron. I mean, you don't have anything. You don't have Donovan Mitchell. You have nothing. R.J. Barrett, Brunson, and Randall. That's the Knicks' best three players. Not good enough. What don't you get? Not going to the finals. I mean, the Knicks are so bad, they wouldn't go to the finals if they were allowed to buy tickets. Finals? How about the? How about getting in the top six? That's not even realistic. They're fortunate if they're a play-in. Win a round. I mean, my, even winning a round is too much to ask for. 
They're dreadful. Two years ago was one of the most fun seasons I have had. I mean, easily since the 90s. But one of the most fun seasons I had had watch as a Knicks fan watching the Knicks on a regular basis. Maybe ever. At the very least since, you know, the early, since 2000. Which was the first year that they made the playoffs and lost in that first round of the Raptors. And that was basically the end. That was the... Not the beginning of the end. That was the end. And prior to that, every year, well, while it may have ended in disappointment, there were great runs. Well, that year, two years ago, where the Knicks finished fourth in the Eastern Conference before losing to the Hawks in the first round, that was one of the most fun years I could remember as a Knicks fan. And they didn't build on it. They've gone backwards. They change the look of the team. Leon Rose continues to make mistakes, whether it's in the draft, whether it's in free agency. Kemba Walker, bust, major fail. Evan Fournier, bust, major fail. Emmanuel quickly is not developed into a player. I thought he would by now. Obi Toppin is incrementally got better incrementally gotten better here, but even so, he's not an impactful player. R.J. Barrett has not improved to the all-star level that they need him to be. I mean, it goes on and on. They don't play any defense. At least their calling card a couple years ago was they played hard. They played defense, and they had an all-star player in Julius Randle. You were supposed to build off of that and grow. They've gotten worse. They've gotten worse defensively, and they have not improved their shooting. Other than that, they're great. You know, they're just a LeBron away. Trevor is calling from Stony Point. What's up, Trevor? Hey, Sal. How you feeling, man? Uh, first time in a long time. Um, the first thing I want to do is uh, I want to give a shout-out to my sanitation workers, uh, Local 831. I just retired. I did 21 years. So I have nothing but time on my hands but to listen to you overnight. Huge well, fan. Huge I, fan. I appreciate I, that, Trevor, I, and congratulations to you on a very nice career. 21 years in retirement. Congrats, man. That's great work. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things with the NFL. Um, I was watching ESPN today, and I want to know in your opinion. Um, I want to talk NFL coaches, and I want to talk Giants football. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NFL, who do you think is going to be the next person to get fired um, midseason, in the middle of the season? Um, um, you have a list, or you want me to just pick one out? People that I had, um, I know one of them is probably going to be Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing with that Arizona with that Arizona team. With all that talent around you, you know, they for whatever reason, they collapse every year. Um, I have him in mind, and I also have uh, who's who's that? Brandon Stanley from the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, but they've um, actually been winning lately, yeah. five and three. Okay, okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, but who do you think? Who do you think would get fired? Who else do you think would get fired midseason? Uh, just in your opinion. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think it would be too harsh uh, in Green Bay where the guy who's had, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur has been good there for a long time. I'm trying to – you would look at the disappointing teams that obviously have coaches that were not just hired. Midseason, you know, I don't think Dennis Allen's going to get fired midseason. Uh, I don't think you're going to see anything happen with uh, McVay for the time being. You know, like I said, LaFleur I would think is safe. You know, Campbell should be safe. 
I guess Ron Rivera, who knows with Washington and that organization, that's always a possibility. Um, okay. You know, Vegas has come out and backed Josh McDaniels, so I don't think he's going anywhere. You could have Nathaniel Hackett, <laughs> maybe Nathaniel Hackett, but again, he's a new coach, you know, first-timer. I, I think Cliff Kingsbury would be the guy uh, that would be okay. the obvious one. He would probably be the on the hottest seat right now. Okay, okay, that's fair enough. And a couple of things with the Giants, man. Um, you know, I'm talking to friends and everything, and, you know, everybody's like, oh, the Giants don't have an offense or whatever the case is. And don't get me wrong. You know, as Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones go, the Giants go. But my thing is this. Anything has been an improvement over the last whatever so years of being a Giants fan because, you know, listen, six and – what are they, six and two? Six and two is six and two. Mm-hmm. You know, they're – you know, and I was having this, and I was having this debate with my son at home. They're winning. If they're winning, ugly, but they're winning. You know what I mean? Um, a win is a win. Yeah, you know, it's not your. You know, it's not a blowout win. Doesn't but, matter. Know, at least the, the, you don't get. There's not college. You're not getting any style points or anything like that. Where you know it matters more in the polling if you blow out an opponent. That doesn't matter. A win is a win. Right. To your point. Here's the thing with the Giants, though. There's still, and I'm just telling you my gut feel, Trevor, and I'm with you. I don't think you could fake 6-2 and two in the NFL. They're clearly doing things, multiple things, right. Now they have to make it stick as the favorite, as the team that is expected now to go out there and win these games. One thing, if you sneak up on people and you play the underdog role and you maybe catch teams by surprise, well, now they're going to be playing from a different perspective where they are the favorite. They have to go out there and beat the Texans at home this week. They have to go out there and follow that up and beat the Lions at home next week. And then if they do that, now you're setting yourself up for a big final stretch starting with the Thanksgiving game in Dallas. Yeah, and, and let me tell you, you know, I, I was pretty optimistic about this season or whatever the case is, but, you know, I, you know, I had them, I honestly had them finishing maybe like 10 and 7, 9 and 8, but like I said, it's an improvement of what we've went through over the past few years with the last few coaches, so I'll take it, you know what I mean? Anything is a step above. Well, and not, but, o- uh, and, and not only that, Trevor, and we appreciate the call. Hey, look, you got plenty of time. There's no excuse. We want you listening and calling whenever you can, all right? Absolutely. Thanks, Sal. I appreciate it, my friend. And congratulations again. That's great. 21 years. Good for you. The difference is you know, or at least you feel very strongly that the Giants finally got their hires right with Joe Shane and Brian Dable. I love Brian Dable. How could you not? You know, they always say Serby does this in the post, the Sunday Q&A, and then he has the, you know, the three dinner guests. Right now, and look, it's always an impossible list. Like, I'd love to have dinner with Dave Letterman and potentially Seinfeld and the Sandman. Like, those have always been three people. It's, it's ever-changing. Letterman's the one constant, but it's ever-changing. Right now, I would, I think I'd want to put Brian Dable in there. Maybe it doesn't have to be dinner, but like a hang. Who doesn't want to hang out? I want to go to a Ranger game with Brian Dable. Drinks on me, coach. You bring the stogies, I'll order the beers. Like Dable's just a down to earth, fun guy who, by the way, is a very smart football coach. A good football coach. You have to love, if you're the Giants, 
regardless of where this season ends up, regardless of what the record ends up, you have to love the direction here with Joe Shane and Brian Dable. You finally get the feeling that they got it right. Now, we've been down this road before, maybe fooled by Joe Judge, and, oh, they play hard for him, and look at this team, and, you know, whatever, almost winning the division, even though they you know, had six wins. It was more about the division being lousy. And maybe we wanted to hope, and maybe it was better than McAdoofus and Pat Shermer, but obviously it didn't last. And it was a house of cards. It wasn't, it, it wasn't real. And Gettleman was still there anyway. Wipe them out. Start fresh. They got it right with Joe Shane and Brian Dable. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. We need your second opinion. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Kind of back on the fan. I didn't even see this yesterday. Fleegs was telling me this happened yesterday. I just saw a post now from the New York Post uh, on the passing of Fred Hickman. Died at the age of 66. I, I, that sucks. I loved Fred Hickman growing up. I remember watching him when I first started watching, you know, the sports highlight shows. And I would just randomly, I guess, find him on the CNN highlight shows. And then, of course, you know, you saw him in New York on the Yes Network and amongst other stuff that uh, he would uh, he would be doing. But uh, sad to hear that 66 years old. Damn. Passed away Wednesday. I I did not know that until just now. R.I.P. Fred Hickman, a tremendous broadcaster and somebody that, like I said, I remember there's certain guys you watch. Maybe you don't stick out. Fred Hickman's a name that it's I mean, if you're of a certain age group and grew up watching you know, the shows that he was on, you know who Fred Hickman is. He was one of those guys that, um, you know, like I said, that was at a young age that I remember watching and becoming familiar with. Sad to hear that. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. We'll keep it going with your phones until 5 a.m. Going to 5 with the warm-up show with Al and Jerry on this Thursday morning. Been talking about, uh, you know, started the show talking about the Knicks and their disappointment. We've done plenty of football with the Jets and the Giants. Hot stove as well with the Yankees acting scared of losing Aaron Judge in free agency. Mets figuring out what they're going to do here, whether it's DeGrom coming back or what they're going to do with their DH. Plenty of Brandon Nimmo. Plenty of moves to be made for both these teams and free agency officially underway. Five o'clock tonight. Anthony's calling from Westchester. Anthony, good morning. How you doing? I'm so happy to see where you are right now. Because you've been on the fan for so many years, I remember when you uh, were in the background with uh, with Mike, mm-hmm. and I remember you had, you had a conversation with him, and you were so down on yourself. And I always felt, 
you had the talent, and I'm really happy to see where you are right now. Well, thank you, Anthony. And, uh, I appreciate that. I don't remember that uh, that conversation specifically, but the bottom yeah. line is I've always hated myself. You weren't a fan of Micah. No, myself. I've yeah. always hated myself. I was just joking around. I actually do. Oh like yeah. Myself. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. no, you, you didn't get yourself doubt in yourself, and 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 he was trying to pull it out of you, and, and it was there. Well, I mean, there was a, a lot of doubt back then. I was, well, I was. You know, I, I I can't take listening to some of these people, you know, on, on, on the radio. But they just well, don't have the understanding of sports, and and you certainly do. Well, I mean, I appreciate that. But again, you know, to your point, Anthony, I'm coming up on 20 years since I started as an intern. January is going to be 20 years. And it takes a long time, and I worked my way up as an intern, behind the scenes as a tape op, board op producer, then was on Mike's show, learned a lot from Mike. So, I mean, uh, back then I didn't have the confidence, nor did I have the experience at all. So I used to think I could do it, and then you start doing it, you're like, oh, my God, I can't do this. But here we are. Yeah, yeah. And now I still think the same thing. I suck at this. Well, you know, that's human nature. Let's get back to that phone call that uh, upset me and really got me to make this phone call with the uh, the Jets. Uh, that, that guy, he just wasn't a Jets fan. Let's just, just put it, he just hated the Jets, the one with the Bengals. Well, I think um, he was a Bills fan, but, or, or I mean, maybe another fan yeah, of the East. He was a Bills fan, but he also was, he didn't like the Jets. You could, you could tell. I mean, uh, he made no sense at all. And, I, and the frustration was coming out. And thank God you let it out for me because he just made no sense. It you built, were trying to explain it, to him. It was building. Did you hear it, way. Anthony? Did you hear it building within? That. Yeah. Did you hear it building within? I was trying to get I him know. to understand. And then it just, you know, building and it just a volcano erupts. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I really don't. You know, uh, just end on this note. Um, I'm I'm your age. I'm a little bit older. And Fred Hickman, I'm looking at it now. I, on the CNN days, there are other guys, too, on there. I used to watch that, too. That was a good show. Yeah, I mean, Fred Hickman, like I said, there are certain guys that, you know, you watch and maybe they don't stick with you. But Fred Hickman's one of those names. Oh, yeah, Fred Hickman, I know who he is. Yeah, I know. Sad, sad to hear yeah, that. It is. All right, ciao. Thank you, Anthony. Appreciate you checking in. Yeah, think about it. Now, that's weird to me that somebody could remember a conversation that I was having with Mike around, I would say it had to be around 2007, between 2007 and 2009 or 10. It was when I was working on that show. During the breakup, oh yeah, I was there every step of the way. But, I mean, I don't remember a lot of it. And Mike... Mike was great. I remember a lot of the details behind the scenes. I don't remember doing stuff on the air as much, like conversation like that. But Mike was always great to me. Mike was always, Mike was probably the first person other than myself who just had foolish belief. You know, I was naive and thinking, oh, yeah, I could do this. I could be a talk show. Was, yeah, 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 I could do it. I, I was stupid. I had no idea. And then you actually start doing it. I was like, oh, my God, this is, I suck. But Mike was one of the first people outside of my own inner belief. He was one of the first people to show that he believed in me. And I think helped get me my first opportunity to do some on-air shows. Obviously helped me get on his show. And then when Dog left, I used to do... This This is what's crazy to me. You know, as somebody who grew up listening to that show and loving Mike and the Mad Dog. And my, my dream wasn't necessarily... 
to work one day at WFAN. My dream, and I remember this vividly, sitting in the parking lot at Home Depot where I used to work. I would sit in the parking lot at Home Depot on my 15-minute breaks, and I'd listen to the fan. If I were working out in the gardening section, where I I wasn't working in gardening, I would do the cashiers out there. I was a cashier. I didn't want to do any of the hard stuff. I just ring people up. But I would sneak a radio out there and listen. Anyway, I remember one time vividly sitting in my car in the Home Depot parking lot, and it was the Christmas show. You remember these, Marco, when they used to do the Christmas show, Mike and the dog. And they were giving the gifts out and going around or whatever. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I just want to be a part of that family one day. That was the dream. It was never, oh, I want to have my own show and make money and blah, 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 blah. None of that. It was, I want to be a part of the WFAN family. The way that they used to mess around with Moose and Carl and whoever was behind the scenes, that's what I wanted. And then it happened. I became a part of it. I can't believe it. And to take it a step further, which was the point I was going to get to, when Dog left, I did the over-unders with Mike. Like, how? Me? Someone who grew up listening to them and loving them, here I am doing over-unders on Mike Francesca's show after Dog left. I still have the, I used to write them on index cards. You know, or I'd take the Falcons, whatever it was, over four and a half. Mike took uh, this. Or I still have them on. Was on that in- the beginning of South Specials? Yeah, he uh, right. That was the South Special. Yep. Now, the South Special was he would do the Friday picks. Right. All right, time for the South Special. Yeah. And then I'd give one pick. Right, right. I'd stammer all of my. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, <laughs> I think I like the Texans this week. I realized Steve Slayton's going to run the I that part, but okay. Erickson, who was the producer, used to make fun of me all the time. He's like, dude, take a breath. Breathe. Here I am thinking, oh, my God, I'm on. Yeah, I was on Yes Network. I'm on with Frances. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing the, the football picks. Mm-hmm. South special. So I would do one college game, and I would do one NFL game. and But then, then like, the year over-unders for whether it was baseball, football, or basketball, I think I did it for at least one year, mm-hmm. maybe two, which is unfreaking believable <laughs> I got to find the tapes of that and keep that. I can just retire. I'm never going to top that. What can I do on my own? I'm worthless. But doing those picks with Mike like that was great. And the good part, they might actually be tapes. They're probably cassettes. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> There's somewhere. Somebody's got to have it somewhere. But think about that. I don't think anybody else did that with him. It was Dog, and then it was me, and then I don't know if he, he did that with anybody else. Maybe he had some guests occasionally do picks. But the yeah, over-unders, that no, was a special thing. I don't think thing. so. I think that was... I think it was just you. Because I remember. After, but I could be wrong. I don't, I don't remember anybody else after that, though. Right, because I remember after, you know, things went south with me, uh, you know, <laughs> stupid mistake, whatever, he wanted specifically somebody to be on the other side that didn't want to be on the air. Now, I don't know because I didn't pay attention to it day in, day out, so I don't know if maybe McMonagle ended up making picks or whatever. But either way, I was the one right after Dog to do the over-unders with Mike. God, I couldn't have even ever have dreamt that. Anyway, enough reminiscing. Let's get back to reality. <laughs> Here we are at 4 a.m. Uh, all right, we'll be back. To- <laughs> hey, look, Mom, I made it. <laughs> oh, my God. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. 
Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported. 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.